Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. Today we have an episode for you. That's what this podcast is about, having episodes. You like them, having, don't you? Having you big like episodes. Them. Having big meltdowns, having big episodes. <laughs> Today's topic is about artists that we find are unmistakably one of a kind. You yes. would know them straight away. Um, maybe they've been, tr- someone's tried to replicate them in the past, but it's, it's a lot of these bands actually and, and artists have been, people have tried to replicate them and done a good yeah. job, but there's no mistake in this. There's nothing else really like them. They can't get that formula again. Like, let's say, for instance, the strokes are great, but the strokes have been done and yeah. they, before and they've done again, yeah. but in different ways. But it's like, and also... Probably not. The old, every single one of these artists, I think, if you heard them on the radio, go, that's definitely that. Like, there's no yeah. mistake in that. that yeah, that. there's no, like, you f- you'd figure it out instantly. They're incredibly yeah. unique. They're uh, important for some sort of reason, even if they're just important for their uniqueness, but they have something yeah. that makes them, like, the, the, the minute you hear it, you go, ah, okay, that's them. All right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who was your first one of a kind, unique? Uh, hidden, not hidden gem, because not these yeah. are. No, uh, my 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 first one is uh, is the most obvious one on my list. I think, um, the rest of them, I say, I, I went digging, um, I went yeah. digging. But this first one is something a band I've talked about a thousand times. It's the President of the United States of America. Talked about them right. a thousand times. Uh, there's, st- there's still nobody like this band. Um, I, 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 how do you even describe? what they are because like yeah like everything they do if someone was to describe their music to me i'd go i'm not gonna like that but i do like if someone yeah. said it's kind of like for fans of weezer i'm like oh, i'm out uh, but they're yeah. nothing like weezer yeah, exactly yeah they're more enjoyable they're not they're less uh annoying to look at i and, bet, and I bet you they actually do drugs as well like i bet you they actually <laughs> do drugs and drink and our sound you know yeah. They're, they're swigging out bottles of Evian, pretending that they're fucking coming down from a seven-day yeah. yeah, so, like I do know a lot of bands that are like it, but uh, I mean, like, like, like they are one of the bands. His voice and the way uh, the drums yeah. play. Yeah, his, something about his voice and the drums. Let me know that that's that band. Yeah, they, uh, so they formed in 1993. They knocked it on the head around 2015. Uh, they had a couple of false starts for knocking it on the head. They kept coming like, oh, well, we're done. I will do one more. Ah, we're done. Yeah. What are you doing? More. What are you doing today? Oh, it's my first day yeah. off the band. I'm just cooking some eggs. You want to start the band again? It's only been a day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 It was. It was kind of like that. Um, their last album, I think, which might have been a live album, um, was crowdfunded. They asked for a, a full oh, ton right. of money, and uh, it was funded and fucking. Checking that work like, for us? Uh, no. <laughs> no, because but mostly because the presidents of the United States were fucking huge for years. Like yes, that, that first album is was a monster. Um, yeah, it was. And yeah, it, it came I, out right at the right time. It was perfect. Jesus Christ! I mean, I've talked about it before. They they didn't sound like that. Um, the the singer's guy called Chris Bellew and uh, or Balu, and he's um he's more of a what would you call him? He used to write like. He used to write like children's songs and shit like that, you know what I mean? And uh, he actually that doesn't uh, surprise me at all for some uh, reason. Uh, eventually, he ended up going back to doing that. Um, that's kind of what he does now: is he writes music for kids and stuff like that. And even when presidents took a little break, um, he started this band called the Giraffes, which was all of his uh, his uh, child's his newborn baby's uh, stuffed toys. And he just made a band out of them and recorded an album on a four track in his basement. And it's a fucking great album. I have it here somewhere. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking mental. It's just, he, like, he just picked up, uh, he, he just like t- took photos of like four different stuffed toys that the baby had. and said, right, this is uh, Mr. Gorilla. He plays drums or whatever. And it was all under 
these fake names. You know what I mean? It was nothing to do with Chris Bell. I didn't say that anywhere on it, you know? Mm. It was all just these little characters he'd invented. And the, the songs were fun. They sound like shit because it was recorded on a four track in a basement. Yeah. But uh, it was fun. But the, the presence definitely came from that that type of fucking kind of almost experimental kind of juvenile songs. That's what Chris Bellow used to write. So apparently they sent the demo in. I sent the demo in to um, whoever the fuck it was to sign them. Atlantic, I think it was, that signed them. I, it was, I think it was a subsidiary of Atlantic called like Llama Press or something like that that signed them originally. And it was all these real slow, kind of half acoustic, kind of jling, 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 kind of melancholy songs. But yeah. some A&R guy um, rang Chris Bellow and said, listen, man, like, I, I don't know what to tell you, but like, the, it's not good, like, it's not good. But it's also it's also fucking amazing. Like, have you ever thought about being in a rock and roll band? And he's like, oh man, I fucking, you know, I'm getting old. I don't want to be in a bleeding rock and roll band because they, they weren't young when you go even go back and no, look at I the video. Yeah, yeah, look at him. He looks about forty when he started. Yeah, off. exactly. So he's like, I don't want to do bleeding rock and roll anymore. And I was like, I'm telling you right now, if you rock and roll them, because like the all the demos he sent in had like lump and peaches and stuff on it already. Yeah. You know, he's like, man, rock and roll the fuck out of them and come back to me. So they went off and done it. And sent it back in. They were like, you're fucking signed. 20 minutes. Here's go. Signed this. Obvious guy. We're sticking a rocket to his. And like I said, it was the perfect fucking time. Now, one of the reasons they sound very weird, and this is the main reason I picked them for this, is that um, they they couldn't have invented their own instruments. Um, right. So. One of those bands. Yeah, come on. But they're not really <laughs> their own instruments. They're just kind of fucked with instruments. They took like two kind of shitty guitars to just bog standard, like kind of whatever. Uh, not even Fender Strats, I think they were squares or something. And what the bass is, the bass is like the two top strings of a bass guitar stuck into that strat. That's what that is. And that's, uh, I think, a bassitar. That's what they call it, bassitar. So everything you hear in the bass is played on two strings, but via like a single coil pickup on the Stratocaster, right. right? And then the actual guitar guitar is the same thing. It's a shitty fucking bag of dirt guitar, but he's got a... Uh, for the high kind of bass strings and a super heavy gauge bass strings so even the guitar is only four strings so um, actually I think it's only three strings maybe yeah I think it's only three three or four strings anyway is the way you had it wired up so when sometimes when you're listening to the band you can't even tell what's bass and what's guitar it's real fucking weird it's not that many solos you hear a couple of like blink 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 but that could be done on the bass either. So sometimes it's yeah. real hard to differentiate between it. Also, we think we talked about it before that these guys had a band with Sir Mix-A-Lot for a while. Uh, towards the end, yeah. it's mental, isn't it? Towards the end of their, uh, when they were kind of getting ready to knock it on the head, they started messing around and they'd done a couple of, uh, they got involved, they'd done one with fucking, who did they do a, a, a compilation album with, with Shonen Knife, I think, from uh, Japan. Oh, yeah, I like them. Yeah, and then they done a, this band with Sword Mix-A-Lot, but apparently they had to knock that on the, ha- on the head because Sword Mix-A-Lot was like, lads, we have to get real heavy, like, it's not heavy enough. We have to get real heavy. And they were like, what you talking about? So like, fucking dark and heavy, like, we'll start bringing in, like, mad electronic fucking, like, screaming synths and all, mad sugar, sugar, fucking heavy shit. And they were like, we're the presence of the United States, man. We're singing Peaches and June yeah. Boogie and Kitty, you know, I don't think we could do like a death metal rap group with you with electronic <laughs> instruments. And it, 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 so mixed last week, little saps just walked away. But, um, fuck you, them. Yeah, exactly. Because you were saying Sir mix has a lot of like background in doing mad kind of music, not, not just, yeah, yeah. I think he, well. he, I think he was involved with like sub pop records and all at the start, but like metal bands yeah, and imagine, rock bands. Imagine and rock get, bands. Like, getting into a band with like Sir mix 
without knowing much about him. Like I didn't know much about him until you were telling me about him. And then he's the one that wants to go heavier. Yeah. With the guitars and the music. Yeah. And all it's fucking <laughs> mad. It's uh, fucking mad. Uh, Dave, the guitarist, who's the actual guitar, guitar guy, um, the guy who played the whatever three or four kind of bass strings on, on the guitar. He he yeah. left, I think, in like two thousand two, two thousand three, and he um he started uh, loaded with Duff McKagan. From, oh yeah, I saw them live. They're actually pretty decent. Yeah, so he he playing with them. I think he might still do a bit with them if if they bothered doing it. And, um, so he's been around with them for for years. Uh, it's a, it's just just a weird, unusual quirky band that the second you hear it you go oh fucking hell like there's, yeah. there's like i said there's been a hundred bands that tried to do it but i don't think anybody's ever come close i think uh i think as much as tenacious d say it's all acdc and tenacity that inspired them it's got to be presence. oh yeah 100 percent. like 100 it's, it, it's that kind of a funny humor in a song but without being a gimmick yeah Although exactly. it is Tenacious D's gimmick, but it's yes. the president's have It's not their gimmick, yeah. Like they, they can actually write songs. Like the so- all the songs. Well, I've never heard a shit president song. I've heard ones that were, weren't as good as other ones. Yeah. But like I've never heard a shit one. This one I picked here is L.I.P., uh, Little Indian Princess, which I think is about barbecue sauce. I'm not really sure. I think <laughs> that's the, like it. Yeah, it's just fun. Kind of, not garbage, but it's just fun, throwaway rock and roll. Like that little yeah. fucking that kind of surfy, kind of bluesy riff. Like it's just good crack. And like I said, the way they have their instruments and they had this forever. Eventually, they ended up bringing like an organ player called the Captain. Used to just dress up like a seafaring captain. They had him, and uh, he kind of have organ and little bits of piano and stuff, but mostly big, big fucking uh, kind of Hammond style stuff to throw into the songs as well. Uh, yeah, that's my first one. I think has to be President of the United States. Like I said, it's the most obvious choice that I had for this but I wanted to get that over and done because we're going to get it's fucking... not a choice overall though not overall it's just a, it's for the, for the yeah, list that well, I, I put I've together got here the, I've got the obvious ones overall yeah, but you, I picked you, all of them <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with the obvious choices you picked they fucking need yeah. to be said uh, who was your first one? my first one is Bjork I mean it's very I can't really link her to Bjork yeah um, that's actually nearly how you pronounce her name properly I found out the last few days Bjork I really, it means birch tree in Icelandic. Fuck off, it's Bjork. Yeah, yeah how many dots you put in? It's Bjork. She's not going to tell you. Yeah, that she probably would. No, it's Bjork. That is not my name. That yeah. is not how you say my name. She's not going to say that. Yeah. She's going to go okay. Um, okay. So yeah, like she's Bjork old is, now as well. So there's not as much fighting there. Like there was. I don't know. I'd say there's still a bit of oh, Jesus man. A bit of going you know, on, like battered the uh, journalist. Mm. She literally like, streeled out of her, is what she streeled done. out yeah. of that journalist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, uh, in fairness, if I was getting off a plane knackered and I had my kid with me and they started pointing the camera at the kid, I could lose it. In an airport, don't mm. fuck with people in airports or in restaurants before they've had their food or on buses. There's a lot of places you just don't yeah. fuck with people. Yeah. Doctors' offices, Jesus, just don't. Um, <coughs> yes, she's super unique and Bjork's voice is obviously instantly mm. recognizable. Um, she's tried a lot of different styles. Uh, not really lots of styles, but she's incorporated a lot of styles over the course. So she's kind of honed that sound for decades yes. and stuff like that. She's never gone completely against what you think Bjork is going to do, but mm. she has experimented highly and massively on him. I guess the closest you could get <coughs> Bjork would be Kate Bush. Probably, still, yeah. They're still so totally different. So it is. Both, Kate Bush is another absolutely completely unique person that they will never be. But if I had to pick two people, I would say, or someone that like was like that, but not really. It was mm. that. Actually, 
there's about 20 years between Kate Bush and Bjork, yeah, music wise. But have a guess how many years younger than Kate Bush Bjork is? Fuck. 10. I don't know. Hey, I thought it'd be more than uh, that. Yeah, because I remember mad. the only reason I'm even saying that because I knew that Bjork was very young when she got known as Bjork. She was, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then because she, I know there was footage of that band, that yeah. punk band she was in. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking deadly looking. Yeah, um, that was before Sugar Cubes, I think, actually, as well. So, yeah. But, like, there's about 20 years difference in their worldwide careers. Like, but, but, like, so we're talking, like, if 78 is when Kate Bush is coming up, York is not too far behind that world. Mm. So. But, yeah, she's, she's, her, the difference is that, Bjork's more of a mix of like electronic, yes. sometimes grunge, dreamy art pop yeah. with highly emotional stuff. Like really, to her, to me, I can't always connect with it, but I don't I have to because there's lovely music happening. Do you know what I mean? That's, That's so it. I get that anyway. I get that. It's like it's super, super, super iconic. Like even this song, crazy. Even the song you yeah. picked, like it, when you listen to it, I listen to it again today, twice before we recorded. And human it, behavior. It's, isn't it? Yeah, it's human behavior, but it's not really a song. Like it's, it's one of those songs that doesn't really get to, it's, it doesn't have to go anywhere yeah, it's just it just there. does its own thing it's just a piece of music and she's singing over it and that's great but doesn't never really goes back to the same thing and then it, it stops yeah. and then it, it comes back as a completely different thing for a second you go what the fuck is that and it sounds yeah. awful and then it goes back to what you think it's going to do but it's, it's not really a song there's not really a structure yeah. to it I feel like whenever she thinks she's getting catchy, she just goes, oh, no, yeah, too we much. Must, we must put something surprising mm. into the song. Put something exactly. surprising in. Yeah, it has to That's shoot herself. Bjor- I used to be good. I used to be really good at doing a Bjork impression. It's gone from me now. That's your fucking uh, Yolandi impression as well. Same I thing. did, yeah, just to reckon, reckon that, yeah. But um, what else do I have to say about Bjork? Yeah, look, uh, I think it's mad because she's one of those examples of someone who... Right, I think, I think the industry... There's always an attempt to mould young women, female artists yes. by she the music industry. Resisted that, didn't she? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> like record labels. I think they try and really get them into something sellable and mm. quite polite and malleable, and don't put up much of a fight. Mm. And um, I think they try to get them to like ditch their bands. I think they tried that with Gwen Stefani. He's like, ditch that band. Go oh yeah, that was a big thing. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, so they she did. They kept them. Yeah, yeah. So they tried to get them, but they wanted her to do pop music because yeah. they were like her voice. I think it was Jimmy Ivey, and it was like, it no, was get away Jimmy from me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's always a, a way to try, or they, they always try to do it more than they do with male artists. I think they, it's, I don't know, I'm not going to get into the whole patriarchy oh, thing, but I think there yeah. is some people that still think that needs to be controlled and harnessed. She can't go off doing her own mad thing. But this is what happens when they go off and do their own mad thing. And it's brilliant. Yeah, see, I think... Not always. I mean, not always. Like, Susan Boyle's not going to release an electronic album. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she might. <laughs> she might, yeah. Like, never know. Uh, but, I think that solo is... female artists sell more than solo male artists. There's more of a market for solo females. There's more of a market for, like, yeah. male-driven kind of bands and stuff like that. But I think solo I think female artists might, might sell more. How much of the more. market is dictated by what is being told the market? That's why I've always thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, when, whenever people... This, this, this playlist and this podcast is a classic example of people who don't really uh, fit into a lot of uh, genres properly, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is why they're on this. And, uh, yeah, like... I just wanted to say that about Bjork. Yeah, I think yep, absolutely. there probably was at some stage an attempt uh, to get her to just chill out. But uh, no, like I can't even really listen to her last few albums. I'm not a monstrous Bjork fan. I yeah. like Bjork, but 
Like, like the last few albums can be mad challenging, or else sometimes she'll hit a song where I'm like, that's actually kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, she's definitely put it that way. Yeah, it's Bjork. She's, uh, she's. Who's your, who's your next one? Uh, My next one's a band I know fuck all about, and only started listening to them kind of recently, and it's uh, a band called Dance Gavin Dance. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you heard the of these? Having, the guy was having a yeah. I've heard them years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was thought they were just an emo. Uh, like uh, so did I. Was it Death Cab for Cutie? That kind of yeah. thing. I, I know, always yeah. thought because they get lumped in with all these other bands like fucking. Oh, I don't even know. Like, uh, is it Alexis on fire? Alexis on fire? I never know. I think it's Alexis, Alexis on fire. Yeah, they're, I like them a lot. Yeah. yeah, they've a lot of great stuff. I don't, I don't know all that shit. Then there's bands but they're like kind start- of a. Uh, they're kind of darker. They're almost touching on like metal and post. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a bunch of these these bands like Gangstab and Dance will be considered to be like a you know post hardcore or math rock yeah. or whatever the emo and fucking prog whatever this the band the bands that everybody wanted to be in in like the early two thousands like every fucker yeah. who got a guitar wanted to be in one of these style bands right there's just there was no escaping it nobody wanted to make simple music. Everybody wanted to make that. Everybody wanted to yeah, do that. Follow Boy yeah, yes. and to a less to a lesser extent. Yeah, uh, and uh, my chemical romance. Exactly. Like they, they, <sighs> when I listened to this song, so when I was doing, I was doing a bit of research on like unique bands or whatever the fuck, and I was like, dance, come dance. I was like, what the fuck? Why is that in there? Like, I said, listen to a couple of songs, and then I went and I listened to the songs that like kind of defined the band because the stuff I, I had listened to before was just bog standard like the, the the problem with this band is that they always seem to be fucking killing each other like killing each other there's been 13 members of this band in like Jesus. whatever 10 years um, there's like a different they always have two singers they have a clean singer and like a growler oh yeah Alexis and Fire have that as well yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't think there's been, like, two albums with the same vocalists on it. <laughs> like, it's fucking mad. I think it's, like, the bassist and the guitarist or the drummer and the guitarist or something like that are, like, the only two constant members. They're always leaving and always someone coming back. And then an original guy wants to come back, but he won't come back with the other guy. So they're mixing and matching. It's fucking insane. They're always killing each other. So yeah. some of the stuff I'd heard I, I tended to be a little bit more on the bog standard kind of post-rock fucking post-hardcore type of stuff which I don't mind every now and again but I'm not I wouldn't go fucking mad but I had to listen to this song and when I listened to, when I listened to this song this song is called We Own The Night when I listened to this right. song and then I went up and listened to a lot of a lot of other stuff kind of off this album and uh, it's fucking mad because I, I was reading what the guy's influences were and they were like oh yeah we're mad into uh, like The Temptations and MF Doom and Usher we love Usher and uh, Earth, Wind and Fire and Phil Collins. What the fuck uh, is going that's on? A very, that's a very uh, follow by even answer. Isn't it? Yeah. But when I listened to the song, I was like, this sounds like Westlife or Boyzone. Like, it starts off with a singing, 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 and then it goes, does the guitar type of thing. But then it just turns yeah. into what could honestly be something like I'm Flying Without Wings by Westlife or something. It is the biggest boy band fucking song. I've heard in years. Like the whole. Is this after late? Is this after late? No, this is like 2010 or something like that, this album. Right. And uh, I think it's 2010 or 2015. I can't remember. It's like two or three albums ago. And, uh, but when I went looking, they've loads of stuff like this. This is what, this seems to be what they want to do. So like the, the, the kind of clean singer is just mad for these big kind of pop fucking hits. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even, they don't even work. 
with like the music that's going on in the background. The music in the background is doing the normal fucking and the bass and the drum giving it loud. And your man is just like, I'm flying without wings. And what the fuck is this shit? I honest to God, out of all of these guys, like if someone put on like some sort of weird compilation of post hardcore, post rock, whatever the fuck it was, ninety nine percent of those bands are all just gonna melt into each other. But you'd be able yeah. to pick this gang. You'd be able to pick Dance Gavin Dance out and fucking line up in a heartbeat because the minute your foot starts tapping, your foot's not meant to tap listening to this music. You're not meant to remember these songs the first time you hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is, like, this is, honest to God, this is, like, late 90s fucking, like, proper top-of-the-pops chart music is what this sounds Jesus. like. It's fucking insane. It, but I couldn't, I, yeah, I was kind of just... Skimming through, yeah. If you're skimming, you'll well. miss, you'll miss it, and then you'll yeah. miss the, you'll miss the kind of hook that leads into the bit, and then yeah. that bit becomes. They do it real small at the start, and then it kind of grows where they kind of double the length of it in bits yeah. throughout the song because they know, oh, that's the bleeding bit. Even though I'd say the rest of the band are like, <laughs> oh, putting their hand over their eyes, going, oh, it's on this shit again. Can we not come back to the chugga chugga? Yeah. Exactly, because can... then even the even the growler bloke, he gets like one or two bits in the song, and like you might as well go home. This other fella is giving, <laughs> yeah, this other fella is fucking bent. Elton out here now like Ronan Keaton's due into the old fucking song with him here now in 20 minutes I know that he's a very good singer <laughs> but this guy is on this album um, I think no I think there's a, the main, the, I think he's the main singer singer he's oh, they've changed always, he's not really? no yeah it's always fucking it's always changed I think as far as I know it's the, it's the guitarist and the drummer or something like, oh, sorry the guitarist and the drummer that being being there um, I wrote their names down and then uh, I had an accident I have a pigeon oh, no I don't have a pigeon I do have a pigeon I have a par- <laughs> I have a parrot yeah. Right. Did you buy I, a parrot? No, my father. My father has oh, an aviary. You tell me, you yeah, tell my me. father has an aviary, and fucking, he had this parrot, and it was lonely, and I felt bad for the parrot. The parrot's name is Jim, but I don't know if Jim <laughs> is a girl or a boy, um, because the only way to the only way to tell what what like fucking sex a, a, a parrot is is to get a DNA test. There's literally no difference. Really? Yeah, yeah. You have to get a DNA test. I'm not paying for a DNA test for a parrot. I'm just not. So where? Uh, Jim can be fucking gender neutral for the rest of his days. I th- it doesn't matter. So he's just going to stay like that forever. He's going to be Jim. Although we might change his That's name mad. to Jam. We might change his name to Jam. I don't know. Sure. And, uh, but he beat me while I was doing my notes. And uh, I, I, I'm going to take a wild <laughs> guess here, Helmet. And I'm going to assume that you've never been bitten by a parrot. Uh, no, don't think so. They have a grip like a fucking hyena, man. It is absolutely outrageous I, my outfit said don't let him bite you now he's very strong and that fucking board shut up that sap this thing could take the fucking finger off you and it's tiny it's fucking Jesus. tiny like it's literally it's like it's a little bit bigger than a canary or a budgie and it's fucking gob is like a shark's it took a lump out me that yeah I, I fucking send your, your hand finger. or your face or my what? finger <laughs> my finger because I let them out flying around the house and then I tried yeah. to teach them to kind of jump on my finger so I could put them back in this cage I spent a hundred quid on toys for the fucker and um, I'm trying to get him to go back into his cage this big giant cage that he sleeps in and uh, he took a fucking he literally carved the lump out of me like I can't even describe it like do you remember those <laughs> do you remember those jokes when you were in, in art in art class in school that you used to do the uh, the, the toil prints with you'd scoop out the toil. Oh, the, the lino prints. Yeah. yeah, lino prints. And remember the tool that was like a V? Do you remember yeah. that? That's what his mouth was like. That, if that, and also, if you let that slip and it catches in the knuckle. Exactly. But that's what his, his mouth is like. It takes a Ooh. groove out of you like that. But anyway, back to this uh, Dance Gavin Dance Band. Uh, yeah. I wrote your man's name down. I wrote all the, all the names down, but it's covered in blood. 
So uh, right. I can only read part of it. I should have known his name because I was reading about him lately. He's in the he's in a Twitter feud with your man from Trapped. Uh, Everybody's fucking going after them fucking assholes. Going after <coughs> it's not even the band. I think I think a lot of the bands are, are uh, actually walking away. Uh, Latino, and I think they all are leaving them. Stuff like yeah, like you're mm. a bad Trump supporter, and you're acting, and you're also mental and a uh, real bad mental. So going after the singer. So I, I heard his name the other day because he got into a fight with him. He goes, yeah, you know, now the the. The, there's, there's two well-known singers from think, Dance yeah, Gavin Dance and both of them went on to be in other bands that done pretty right. well as well so they kind of stuck around and I think they might have done like guest spots with them but it, the whole thing is a clusterfuck like I said 13 members in, in fucking 10 years is batshit man uh, less than 10 yeah. years um, what was I going to say yeah that's it fucking the, 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 this, the way I wrote this down is this sounds Good like notes. Michael Jackson meets Deftones is what I wrote this down um, Mad. Gotta have a listen to this song. Later I'll have on. to give. The, I'll have to give them in general more. Yeah, though, but yeah, just, I just wrote them off as like a dashboard professional. Yeah, that's honest to God. That's what I done as well until I heard this. This song in particular is a great example of it. But there's loads more. It's literally yeah. Michael Jackson. Like we should have done samples tonight on this one. Just to fucking I was be thinking able to hear that, but yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. But look, the, the, we'll put the playlist. The playlist up, will be uh, up early. Yeah. Early this time, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, anyway, that was Dance Gavin Dance with uh, we what's it called? We own the night, or we are the night, or some garbage yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, we are the night, we own the night. Some bullshit. Now. <laughs> Who's your next one? Well, speaking of death grips, mm. it's death grips, <laughs> death grips, the American uh, experimentally industrial hip hop band mm. that I find fascinating. They are fascinating. They are I don't know if bands. I don't know if they're good, but they're fascinating. Yeah, like I ri- I written down here that when you're listening to an album, you don't know what is coming next. Yeah, like what is gonna, what kind yeah. of sound is coming next? It could be a dread sound. I don't want to yeah. say dreadful, but you know what I mean. One a powerful that sense of dread. Of dread. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it could be a super mad, almost prodigy like mm. song. Yeah. But uh, so this group is uh, they're from actually from California, and they consist of um, MC Ride. He's uh, the lead singer and vocalist. He raps and sometimes just shouts. Yeah. Uh, Zach Hill and Andy Moran, they do uh, drums, keyboards, and both, the production mm. between both of them. don't know if I like the production a lot of the time. I think I, it's meant to sound dodge, and I, sometimes it sounds great. And As far as I know, they are a bedroom band. Yeah, I think definitely. everything's made at home. Yeah. I, I don't think they bought so, out studios written. It's really hard to describe. It's kind of industrial noise, mm. punk, with electronic hip hop, although the hip hop and electronic are really deconstructed, even in that, yes. yeah, it's mad. Um, the nearest thing that I could think is the band that you like, Dalek, but they don't yeah. sound anything like no, Dalek. They're not like them, but it's all. definitely the closest. Yeah, definitely like the closest. If if, they, if if Death Grips chilled out, they might might make music like Dalek, maybe, but not even. It's so strange, man. Yeah, Death like, Grips kind of sound like Dalek, torn, like sped up and fucking more like aggressive in the media. Well, Dalek is real. Fuck a shoegazy. This is definitely. It's like, it's like it's like the same band took two totally different types of drugs. Yes, exactly. And oh this song God, in particular is real driven. Like it's real fucking fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. This fucking is, hell. This is. Um, I've seen footage. The song I've seen footage of the um, album. The money. The money. Uh, actually, I just played it on my phone there. The money star. Um, the, the album is jarring. Like a lot of them are. Like you. Like I said, you don't know really what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, strangely enough, one of their biggest fans is Bjork. Really? Who is a massive fan of them. She got them in to do two remixes for album and she uh, provided vocals for it. Was, I think it was only supposed to be for one or two tracks and they used it on an entire uh, 
first side of an album. She used, I used all of the vocals on every part of it. Um, I had David Bowie on instead of Death Grips. Mm. And I wanted to vary it, uh, diversify it musically, up a little, even though Bowie has done electronic stuff as well, yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I read that it's kind of good to be able to bring back a name check Bowie who I had on the list. Mm. He was a massive fan of Death Grips. Um, he said he said before he died that uh, Death Grips were a massive influence while he was creating Blackstar. Weird. That's mad. That's yeah. fucked up. That album is fucking mad. I, yeah. I, I bought the first pressing that the day I came out. And I, I almost, I'm not going to lie to you, I'd heard it online before. Like, I listened to it online as I was going to the town. And I was like, I don't like this, but I'm buying it because it's going to be worth a fortune because he just died. I've done a pure cunt move. But uh, as I listened to it, I was like, this is the music they play on the elevator down to hell. Like, yeah. It's fucking horrific, like not bad horrific. It's just, it's real scary. It's a real scary yeah. album, like it really yeah. is. So I absolutely get the deck grips thing. I know there was a thing with deck grips a couple of years ago, where um they were super popular on Reddit. And uh, yeah, well, for a while during the 2010s, they were appearing on so many. TV shows, oh, yeah. there's their soundtracks, music, they were everywhere. Yeah. There was a big weird movement, because it, yeah. The music is, uh, yeah, it's not for everybody at all. Like, it's very particular. And lyrically, it's fucking your man's talking about mad shit. Mad, mad shit, yeah. I know there was a thing on Reddit where I think they were one of the first bands to have like a proper subreddit that they interacted with. Like, they were on there talking to people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and I think cool. what they were doing is they were asking all their, all their people, it's like, listen, every time you post something anywhere else on Reddit, just link to like, uh, or forward slash deck rips in it, and it'll, it'll go there. Or people and, will go exactly, there and, and people will come up. here. So like that, yeah. it didn't matter. Somebody like people were putting porn up and all. Here's me railing on me ma with the dog looking in the window, whatever. Forward deck slash rips. deck rips. <laughs> like it didn't matter what it was. Like deck rips were there. Yeah. Cause I, I I remember years ago, like being I didn't know who deck rips were, and every post on Reddit, you know, I'm trying to put pictures of me railing me ma with the dog looking in the window, and like. Fucking were you? <laughs> what? What? What you mean? And like fucking, the, but every post, like or every tour that for a post had like a deck grips reference and like a hyperlink to their page. So like they were very yeah. fucking smart in that regard. Like very very smart. Yeah, yeah. Another another big fan is actually Robin Pattinson. No, oh, yeah. And he plays guitar on one of their tracks. Fuck off. Yeah, Batman. I want to say Twilight. Bamf man. No, he's not allowed to be a uh, Twilight fella anymore. Not after he done that yeah. Lee House and all. And he's um, brilliant. He's, he's brilliant. Funny, he's, he's very good. Such a great actor. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, have, they have huge amount of fans across all styles of music. There's something about Death Grips that they're so big yeah. in the scheme of music right now. But not a lot of people that I know have heard of them. No. They've heard of them, but they don't have to talk about yeah, them. Like and the even ultimate. me, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't listen to them all the time. No, you can't do that shit. No, I'm going to one, do, one or two on every now and again. I'd show one or two over exactly our, our, that album, and I'll yeah. try and get bits and bobs of the last one. I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, I do it every few months where I go on to Spotify with them. I'm like, I'm fucking doing it. You're going to do it, Clemens. Yeah. You're going to do like it. Sonic, it's like Sonic Youth. It yeah, takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming in at a mad time, even though I haven't got that many albums. Uh, I think there'll be four albums. Mm. But yeah, um, the, like I suppose these would be... Jesus, like the massive attack of, of now. Yeah, yeah. They are actually kind of massive attacking when you think of it. Yeah, like yeah. Left field, they are massive attack. Um, maybe even more left field. Like, yeah. I was listening to left field. One of our favorite night. albums, Yeezus, is, yeah, is, is based on Death Grips music, to be honest oh, with you. Interesting. Like, yeah, Yeezus, yeah. Kanye West one is definitely. That was, uh, was that Death Grips were Rick Rubin produced that, wasn't it? It was Rick Rubin. No. Yeah. 
Not of Jesus? No, like was loads it? of people. Like Daft Punk produced a couple of songs on it, loads of people. I was I one of those real ones one was like, like that fucking good. He, he might have charge. He might have had. Yeah, because he said it on that. I remember, I was mentioning it last week his podcast. He was talking about when he worked on uh, Jesus, and apparently oh, right, the, yeah. the track listing for Jesus was like forty songs, and uh, right. because he was like whatever executive producer of the album, it, it, uh, Kanye just handed it off to him. He was like, "Listen, man, I know they're not going to let me put out an album that's like 30, 40 songs long. Like this needs to come out to twelve. So yeah. he just went through it and literally with shears, and he was like, "Fucking made notes." <clears throat> apparently, what happened was he made notes. This song's gone. This is gone. This is gone. This is gone. Keep this. Keep this. Keep this. Keep this song. We we'll take this bit out because they wanted to keep it. They had to fit in a fucking CD, you know. So yeah, there's there's lumps hacked out and stuck onto other yeah, tracks. I'm convinced. Exactly. That, yeah, um, uh, there absolutely is because uh, and apparently it wasn't even given to Kanye that list. It was given to some guy who works in the studio. Like it was all done, not necessarily behind Kanye's back. But Kanye was like, "Well, that's the way it should be done." Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I think one hundred percent. You're gonna bring in because fucking Kanye Ruben. needs to be told now sometimes. Yes, have his music taken off him. Yes, one hundred percent. And sorted, but yeah, apparently that's what happened there is that he fucking hacked it, put on them, um, gave the track listens and the notes to somebody in the studio who had to go off and fucking chop it up before it was released. So, um, but yeah, I can definitely hear that. Um, but now that you say, yeah, that deck grip's gonna feel, I can definitely hear yeah. that in there, yeah. Um, so like that's that's death grips. I, I picked them because. Like I said, I listen to them like maybe like you once a month. I, um, yeah. I need to get that. I need to get that flow of like an album really and go right, right. I got this, but yeah, I have to say, man, mm. there's really no one really like Death Grips. So they are one of those bands that very really much, yeah. Yeah, very much. And, so. uh, your man's not a typical uh, like front man for. Well, I don't know what a typical front man is for that kind of music. He's no. doing his thing. It sounds like three different people yeah. who are accidentally doing the same thing and they just happen to be all in the same room. So, oh, shit, mm. yeah, this works together. Mm. It's crazy. It's fucking mad. So, uh, who is your next unique one of a kind? Oh, Jesus, this a band I'd heard of. And I don't think I'd, I might have heard 10 seconds of a song once. And even get, finding this song was incredibly difficult on Spotify. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. A band called Radio Werewolf, right? Now, Radio Werewolf were like a goth band in the yeah, 80s. They look, like, they look like the damned. Well, wait, yeah, this. Fuck me. So uh, they were formed between LA and Berlin. Okay, so... Oh, they're too good. Goth, well, Berlin's a great goth city. If I'd been in London and Berlin, yeah, this yeah. could be good as well. Though, but yeah. this, yeah. The, the, this kind of reasoning behind those two places, fucking mad. So I found it in 1984 by a guy called Nicholas Schreck. Right? Now, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm with you. Nicholas Shrek was the co-leader of the magical school, the Werewolf Order, right? right? So, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what the fuck is the Werewolf Order? What the fuck is a magic school, right? Now, this all makes sense when you find out who his wife was. His wife was a woman called Zena Galatea LeVay. He was Anton LeVay's daughter, the founder right, of the yeah. of Satan, right? So, him and her ran the, basically the Church of Satan for fucking years. And then they yeah. created their own offshoot of it called the fucking Werewolf Order. Now, what the Werewolf Order does, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea, right? But I know that one of their big things is like fucking, obviously, black magic and fucking... I'm not going to say sacrifices because it sounds like fucking something, somebody in the 80s would say. Um <laughs> But uh, that, that, the two of them are married. They're not married anymore. 
but Zena Levey's daughter, Zena Levey, was also in the band as well. So the band essentially was Nicholas Shrek and Zena Levey, Anton's daughter. So what you've got there is you've got like the kind of heir apparent to the Church of Satan across the world. So like right. the, the fucking now the Satanic Temple came later, I believe. Satanic Temple was an attempt at making the Church of Satan a little bit more user friendly, right? So when you see like all these documentaries and like Baphomet t-shirts and all, that's all, um, that, that's not the Church of Satan. The Church of Satan was a little bit more like, we're going to have black masses, candlelit vigils, and we're going to drink the blood of a fucking turkey. You know what I mean? That type of shit. That was a little yeah. bit more closer to what, what like the biblical fucking Satanism was. And the, the Satanic temple was like, ah, no, 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 no. We're not into God. Like, and you know, it's just, it's cool uh, like, to not be into God. So like, and the devil is like, he's all that's left. So, it's fucking weird but in the 80s like I said they were active from 1984 to 1988 <clears throat> and they were super controversial to the point where like everybody was talking about them on television on radio in newspapers across the fucking board because right. because they were based in Berlin <laughs> because they were based in Berlin and based in Los Angeles and jumping around a bit um, they were hitting kind of they were trying to use European stuff in America and American stuff in Europe and it, right. it kind of worked. But like what they ended up with, they ended up with like a guy in the band who was an actual national socialist, like an actual Nazi, right? Like a practicing Nazi. So what they started doing, they started taking the piss out of each other. They started taking the piss out of the fact that they had like an actual Nazi in the band from Berlin right. and start like putting out these songs um, like with lyrics like fucking, what is it? Oh, Eva, come sit in my face. Berlin is burning and we are the master race. Their their album was called The Vinyl Solution. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, laugh. yeah, I know. But it's fucking like th- these cunts were absolutely like th- the thing about this entire thing was that like these were actual Satanists, right? Not like Norwegian lads with a bit of dirt in their face. Like these were actual practicing Satanists, like high level, like fucking Satanic Church going Satanists. Like it wasn't a gimmick for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the music came after the fact that these two people... I swear that they were hanging out with a Nazi, though. That was... I think the entire thing with the Church of Satan would have been uh, to be contrary to all that is considered to be good, right? So, like, this is the 80s. So that, like, the idea of, like, a Nazi in the 80s, as far as I'm concerned, would have been a, some fucking knobhead wearing, like, a swastika t-shirt. Oh, like, Jesus, yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, that was the fucking thing. Sid Vicious was going around wearing them. People in the Damned are going around wearing them. It was like people it's wearing... So, it's so ironic. Yeah, but it's like people wearing the fucking rebel flag or something at Rockabilly gigs. It was just seemed to be, like, a counterculture thing. We're going to fucking, not necessarily take it back, but it was just get people talking. It was nonsense. Oh, no, it was just, look, look at me for attention. That, exactly, exactly. Exactly. That, that's a big fucking thing. Like what, what they ended up there, they, they named their songs after famous fucking Hitler speeches, but none of it was like glorifying Nazism. Right. It was just using it like in a kind of a black humor type of fucking thing. It, it, it's, it's like that fucking, you know, I mean, you want to be real good to do that. Like, uh, you be, the jokes I don't have know. I don't think it'd have to be good. I think, I think the worst you are. So clever. Oh, yeah, well, lyrically, when you go and read the lyrics, these guys are particularly clever. Like, yeah, the guy, uh, Nicholas Shrek, is an author, has written fucking ton of books. Um, a ton of books, made a ton of documentaries, obsessed with uh, Charles Manson, 
as fucking most of them are. Uh, wrote multiple yeah. books on Manson, made documentaries about Manson. He produced uh, Christopher Lee's first metal album as well that we talked about oh, before. Really? He was the producer <laughs> on this. Um, but he's, uh, they've given up all of that now. Him and uh, Zena have both abandoned the Church of Satan and they're uh, now tantric Buddhists. Like they changed... They, they change religions about fucking 10 times since the end. Can you imagine how fucking insufferable they are? Mm. It drive you up the fucking know, wall. Like, now they looked apart. Are... They looked apart. You yeah. want to see these cunts like... I heard the song. It, it sounded a bit like Bear House or something. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's of that I'm fucking not... era. You know, yeah. it's fine. Um, it's a bit long, I think. It's like five minutes long. And even if it's not... Now, there's, um, they made one album. And uh, there's a bunch of EPs and a bunch of kind of splits and shit like that, but none of it survived. There's only, uh, even the album is, there was a thing, thinking about in the 90s, like a CD compilation of whatever was left. Because they were pretty big in the 80s in the God scene, but they disappeared right. real quick. So like nobody who kind of was going to see these gigs, because there wasn't even that many gigs. Um, they started doing private gigs by like, I think 1991 maybe. Uh, so their last public gig would have been in 1990 or 1991 and then they'd done private gigs for a while where they were just like host fucking orgies and black masses and they play a gig at it. Um, so there wasn't actually that much stuff floating around and even original copies of the album they put out was really, really hard to fucking find. So some record label put together a compilation put out in the, ni- in the early 90s for them and um, that's again, yeah. even that CD compilation is really hard to fucking find at the moment. So this is if you go onto their onto their Spotify page, you'll see like two fucking songs, and this is off some weird compilation. And um, this is, a, a, as far as I know, an original recording from the eighties that someone ripped off that compilation that came out in the nineties, and then was put onto another compilation called whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I can, I'm trying to fucking see what it's called here. Uh, yeah, it, it says album buried alive title single buried alive. So this is just sitting there alone by itself on Spotify. Yeah. Someone paid the 25 euros to put this one song on there and it'll probably be gone in a month. So listen to it now. I have a feeling it's got to be one of them. Uh, Radio one the, Werewolf. Radio Werewolf. Name. It's a cool little name, yeah. Like obviously because of the fucking, the, the werewolf order, or the order of the werewolf, which was the uh, subsect of the satanic church um, that right. they, they were running. But yeah, these guys were the real deal Satanists. Um, everything kind of after them is phony almost because <clears throat> these cunts were legit anyway that was a uh, radio well who is your next one uh i had to pick fight no more because whenever i think of a, a very unique band that is there's only one of in the world it's always comes back to yes. fight no more like you could also argue nine inch nails are but so many nine inch nails have so many suitors yeah and copycats that uh also like You'd have to argue about Skinny Puppy doing very mm-hmm. similar stuff with mm-hmm. less success. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, Fight No More, look, they're so fucking diverse. They nail almost everything they try and do, and they try and do loads of different things. There's so much going on on Angel Dust. I picked them, um, uh, RV. What a it's song. really unusual. Unusual. Like, you, like if, if you're, it'll never be in the top 40 Fight No More songs, probably. I Maybe. love this song. Whenever this oh, song is on, well. I'm always sad that it's over. I'm yeah, always it's sad that it's over. But isn't it such a unique song? Like, mm. I, I, like I don't know what it is. It's what like, I so, find. So, like, Go on. Doing, like super aggressive songs. Yeah, like they normally do. Like Angel Dust, the album this is off. It's it's an insane album. There's so mm. much going on there. Um, this song is an example though of why they're so unique because it's it, like the rest of the album you've got 
Jesus, you've got a cover of the team from Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. You've got uh, a cover of Easy mm. by Lionel Richie and the Commodores. You've got incredibly aggressive songs about riding. Do you know so what I mean? Good. Like, so and then you've good. got this this song, which is it's like a country and western cowboy song yeah. about the perspective of a, a an old slob who's no interest in yeah. anything anymore. A it's children so and all, yeah. This and this he's singing it he's exactly singing it differently. Yeah, he's, he has this weird timbre to his voice, doesn't he? It's like fucking almost like it's inbreeding while he's while he's singing. This song is the closest song in style to the band that I think influenced. Fight No More and the closest thing to Fight No More um, the closest band to Fight No More that I've ever come across was No Means No and there's no No Means right. No on Spotify but this stylist this RV in particular is fucking it's not it doesn't sound like No Means No at all but it's the closest yeah. thing to what No right. Means No do but like they took what No Means No do the spirit of them for you yeah exactly but like No Means No are they're very different from Fight No More. Like, they're very different. But like in terms of like, the way the songs are written and performed and all this kind of stuff, they're definitely, like, there's a little, there's a tenuous tread. Well, I can't think of any tread in the Fight No More from any other band. Like, they shouldn't. They sh- why are they so big? They shouldn't be. They shouldn't have been so popular. Like, I know they're amazing, but they shouldn't have been so popular, especially in that era, when you think yeah, about well, it. Yeah, well, like, we're talking about Fight No More. Or no yeah, Fight No More. Well, yeah, like their, their first, let's say their first album, Mike Patton, was a global mega hit because it was funk metal. Yeah. It, it, it was amazing, but it didn't stray too far from that. It had some moments on it that weren't yeah. uh, like brilliant moments on it. But then they released this album straight mm-hmm. after it, which would normally be career suicide. Mm. I'm surprised they were even allowed because it's so fucking strange. It's miles it did away. Have big bangers. It had, um, it had Midlife Crisis, which is like about Madonna and how even in 1992, they were saying she's overstaying her welcome and becoming <laughs> desperate. And now, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm. Um, they're such an, a, an unusual band. They have so many styles. He can do crooner. He can do trash metal. He can do uh, guttural stuff. Yep. He can do pop. Yep. He can do soprano-y kind of stuff yeah, almost. He's, he's, bar, cer- certainly one of the greatest voices in rock and roll. You know, he is. The, the yeah. lyrics are always tongue in cheek. Mm. They get really dark at times. They're super sarcastic, yeah, and uh, really clever. But uh, anyone that knows Fight No More will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. They are one of the most unique bands in the world. There's no one else. Does there's bands that do songs like Fight No More songs, but because Fight No More have so many different styles, there's no band. Yeah, that you can never. Yeah. You can never nail down their style. The only thing they never touched is like electronic. Yes. So did hip hop? Did funk? <clears throat> Did everything, and they had keyboard players. Like they had Roddy Bottman, fucking yeah. Um, like they oh, had, uh huh. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Like, crazy. Pff, I told you a story about my mate who got battered by Roddy Bottman on stage, didn't I? No, in oh, Scotland. I, <laughs> I think it was like nineteen ninety or something like that. And they were playing some kind of smallish kind of venue. Yeah, that would have been the real, the real thing tour. Could have yeah. been real thing tour, and uh, my mate loved them. He'd been listening since the Chuck Mosley days. And they was a fucking off his mind and bleeding book fast and whatever the fuck else they drink out drinking yeah. battered Mars bar juice or whatever they drink. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he jumped up on stage and started fucking dancing around and lepping. And uh, he went to run to dive up the stage and he got his feet cut in uh, cotton Ruddy Bottoms cables off the keyboard and oh, disconnected no. everything and tripped up, landed fat, flat in his face. And Roddy Bottom went over and beat the fucking shit out of him on the stage in front oh, of everybody. Sorry, I know you're mate. I'm <laughs> fucked up. That was me. And that happened to me. Knocked the shit out of him. Yeah, he took lumps out of him, yeah. 
So fair play, <laughs> fair play to Roddy. Well, that was look. That's fighting no more. I can't I, see. I'm trying to knock a one all day about them. Like, um, they've got BG covers. They've got songs mm. that are definitely like trash metal. Yes, based. they've got songs that are funk metal. They've just got weird, weird songs. And yeah. oh, so you can tell it's them a thousand miles away. Whenever they do a song that's quite catchy, the lyrics will be challenging to the radio or something like that. They'll yes. never just sit. They'll never sit nicely mm. uh, where they're supposed to. I love fighting them more and. Uh, they pissed on people and everything, but and, and uh, fucking journalists. You got to give it to them. Who's exactly. your next one? My next one is Compressor Head with the song Compressor Head. And, uh, <laughs> okay, tell me about this band. I had a quick listen to this. Yeah, it like, uh, I, this, it like. I love this. Uh, this is a band that can do Motorhead better than Motorhead, and the reason they can do Motorhead better than Motorhead is because they're just more efficient, and they're more efficient because they're robots. The band are robots. The band is completely robots. And um, so... <laughs> There's no humans in, in the band. Uh, not really. So, uh, it's fucking mental. Compressor Head. <laughs> Compressor Head was uh, started by a German guy called Frank Barnes. And um, he started building robots out of, like, scrap that he found. And right. uh, originally it was a two-piece. It was like a... I think it was a drummer and a guitarist or something like that. And... Uh, that's <laughs> fucking mental they they were just doing covers yeah. they were doing like Ramones and fucking uh, little Pantera ACDC Motorhead all this kind of shit and what he was doing is that uh, he had I think he would program the robots using MIDI and then he would put like a real instrument in their arms and like kind of position it so that like each MIDI trigger would move a finger or a limb or whatever right Right. So he could actually program the robots to play these things. So <laughs> uh, that was just the two piece at the start. Now I eventually, have to have a look. I have to have a look have at this to, yeah, yeah. And while they, you're talking, while you're yeah, talking, have a look. Um, and uh, so eventually, they turned into I think it's a four or five piece. Um, I think it's maybe four and a half piece is what they are. Yeah, there's a four and a half piece. So they look class. It's fucking deadly looking, right? Um, in 2015, they crowdfunded to build a singer, right? They didn't have a singer. So uh, they crowdfunded and they got like fucking $300,000 really? in like in, in a couple of days. Yeah, hang on, like, it's, it's worth more than an actual human. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, he went out and he built a singer. Uh, the singer's name, what's the singer's name? Is uh, Mega Watson. It's the singer's name. Mega Watson. Yes. So the lead guitarist, his name is Fingers. And uh, Fingers has 78 fingers. So he can play like um, the bassist. His name is Bones, and he's on tank track, so he can rock around the stage. He can walk around <laughs> on the stage. Uh, the drummer is called Stick Boy, and he has four arms. By the way, for anyone that obviously hasn't seen them yet, they all look like fucking Johnny Five from Short yeah, Circuit. Yeah, they all look like Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Yeah, Johnny Five is alive. Yeah, the drummer Stick Boy has four arms and two legs, but he also has a helper. Um, I can't remember what the helper's name is. I think he's like uh, his name is Apprentice or something like that. And helper is a tiny little mini robot with a face that only plays the hi hats. So he's programmed to do the hi hats. Just hi hat work. Only right. hi hats. That's all uh, the little apprentice does. Um, uh, Sticks apprentice. There's another guitarist called uh, Helga. Helga Tar is the is the rhythm guitarist. Helga Tar. Yeah. 
And uh, what they done a couple of years ago is they brought in, going to go back to No Man's Now, they brought in the two main guys from No Man's Now, uh, John and Rob Wright, who did the, the, the kind of singers and guitarists, songwriters. Oh, so it links from No Man's Now, yeah. They brought them in. They brought them in to be uh, the musical directors and the songwriters because they want to start doing original stuff. So right. the, the two lads, John and Rob Roy, are fucking, they're so good. They were like, okay, well, compress our head. It's obviously, you like Motorhead and you want them to be a rock and roll band. So let's just write a load of like mad rock and roll songs, keep them real simple and, uh, that we, and, and, and fucking have the, have the robots program to play them. So John, he was the singer from No Means Now. No Means Now don't exist anymore. But what he done was he recorded the songs in his voice and they chopped them up then. And then the singer, Robot, has his voice recorded in a hard disk inside them <laughs> and he plays them out because they do live gigs yeah um they've only done a couple of live gigs i think the first live gig was in i think the first live gig actually um uh rob roy from no means now the singer guy owns a bar i think in canada and i think right. the first gig was in his bar in canada they brought the robots over from germany and set them apparently took mad. fucking weeks weeks to set them. Them. yeah um but it apparently took weeks just to set them up to get yeah. them to play and their uh, compressor head had their, their first ever gig. But yeah, I, it's fucking, this could be one of my favorite songs on the playlist because I know robots play it. And uh, <laughs> it's a savage, it's just this savage kind of rock and roll, punky metal kind of bullshit song. And yeah. it's all the lyrics are all about being a robot and all like, yeah, man, yeah, man, John Roy is fucking amazing lyricist. So he's just having, having great crack with the fact that he's a robot now and he doesn't have to go on tour or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just, here's a song, Right, sends it over to your man, uh, Frank Barnes, who's the German guy who invented them. He programs them, and then they, whatever, want to play a few games. Oh, it's or... got to be all MIDI. It's got to be all MIDI. MIDI. Every single thing is MIDI, yeah. the entire thing. Uh, and your man, uh, Frank Barnes, I think, sits kind of backstage with a MIDI controller. And, uh, making sure everything is Making gone. sure, looking at it, making sure everything's lined up and kind of fixing stuff on the fly. And apparently they can, they can improvise and everything. Like he has them set, so they can improvise. So it's not just like robots <laughs> playing a set song. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So they're basically an animatronic robot band called Compressor Heads, and uh, I heard about them fucking years ago, and I, I always wanted to figure out a way of working them into a playlist just because it's so much fun. And I saw a pic. I saw. I've seen pictures of this band before. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. They were all I've over the internet for a while. I've never heard. Geez, they're looking at pictures here. They're playing to big festivals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have it set now where um, they kind of have them in boxes wired up. You know what I mean? They ship right. them in the box, take the fucking hood off the box. There's megawatts and ready to go and sticks and this bones. The, this is the kind of thing you'd see in like a Back to the Future film, like yeah, when they show the future. Yeah. That's what it is in the future now. Exactly. Our shitty future except, episode. Except, unfortunately, it's the other way around. It's the fans that would have to be robots nowadays <laughs> and just yes. not infect each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's six, six of them in the band, I think. Six, um, geez, yeah, six robots in the band. Well, that's including the little mini one. So there's five actual, <laughs> five actual robots and one mini robot who only does uh, hi hats. But that was a uh, compressor head with compressor head. Who is your next one? My next one is Future Islands. Mm. Uh, the first time I heard this band, I could not believe what the fuck I was hearing. So it's like indie synth pop. Yeah. But when the singer comes in, it's like a mix between Joe Dolan and Louis Armstrong. Yeah, it's mad. He's a crooner singing mm. over really enthusiastic and nice indie synth pop it's not I don't mean that in a bad way it is it's good but it's mm. it's this guy that makes everything different and then I saw him dancing and it looked like he was doing something between the Huckle <laughs> and Christina Aguilera in the Dirty video 
and, and he was making these psycho eyes at the camera and, and growling and at, and at the end of it he started screaming in like a hardcore mm-hmm. voice and I was like what what is this like what is this and I had to listen to more of it and there's some absolute bangers on that album mm. yeah this is this is seasons waiting on you because this is the first song I heard but this is the first time a lot of a lot of time people have heard them they went uh, and did this song on Letterman oh. in 2014 very cool and uh, this is when he absolutely you'd have to watch this video the guy was losing his mind on the stage hmm. and afterwards like David Letterman introduced him like here's another fucking band yeah. oh here's Future he came over afterwards and shook their hand he was like that was amazing and it is <laughs> uh, it, it's still to this day is I think the highest viewed uh video on youtube for that for their channel the late oh, show like very cool. Letterman, which is that's a crazy. big deal considering yeah. the guests and performances they'd have yeah absolutely and things go wrong and things go crazy this, it's this i remember sharing this myself when i came out i couldn't believe what i was saying it's the most unique thing and i didn't know if it worked until mm. i listened to the album and by the end of it i was forgetting that i was listening to a guy basically old school like 50s 40s 50s crooning over mm. uh synth pop Mad. Like mad, mad, well producing. So the lead singer's name is Samuel T. Herring, and he looks. Do you know what he looks like? He looks like a mix between the two actors in Looper. So he looks a mix between Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. So he looks like you know the way. You know the way. Honestly, like the way he's the young version of Bruce Willis in that yeah. film. Yeah, they they had this guy Samuel T. Herring to act in the middle of that movie. Go, yeah, that's definitely one. <laughs> bang on, like absolutely bang on. So yeah, um, like I said, I like obviously I'm a big fan of synth pop. Yeah. This is touching more indie than I'm usually. It's, it's not dark, mm, mm. but um, I didn't think I could handle the voice. But honestly, by the end of the song, I was like, that was special. I've never heard anything like that. So the, the mix, the mix of those two things, mm. and uh, the fact that the marketing genius to to act like a lunatic mm. on David Letterman, dance like a weirdo, a proper. I can't get over his dancing mm, and mm. staring at the camera and screaming and singing like seasons change mad. That's <laughs> just <laughs> and if you have never heard Future Islands, anybody give this song a listen and it's a it's such a fucking great song. It's such a great. I enjoyed great it. Song. Yeah, I was listening to them earlier. And uh, yeah, that's all I'd say about Future Islands. Mm. I, go on a bit, I don't want to go on too much. They were at it for about I think they were at it for about nearly ten years before mm. this came out. And uh, they went, we'll just do something mad. Get us remembered. But uh, that's them. And I watched the interviews. I thought this guy was going to be a, either a prima donna or a psycho. He just seems like the nicest dude. Yeah. Going. He's like, yeah, man, we're out here at a festival. I was like, well, I'm going to stop watching this. You're breaking the, breaking the illusion for me that you're a lunatic. Um, <laughs> so that's, look, that's Future Islands. Who's your next one? Uh, my next one is a band called Bad Luck 13 Royd Extravaganza. I don't know what I about this. About. Yeah, you're better off not knowing, to be honest. With I had you. a listen, though, and I didn't mind the song. It's fine, it's whatever. Uh, the song is called 13. Uh, so, Bad Luck, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to refer to them as Bad Luck, because that's why everybody calls them. Um, bad Luck are from Philadelphia. And basically, the whole deal with Bad Luck is that... Uh, so, you know the way some fucking death metal bands and doom metal bands, like... And even bands like Gore, you know, that squared fucking blood into the audience, and you know, they might have yeah. fucking, they might throw an old fucking dead chicken around the stage, or yeah. that type of shit, you're pumping, you know, fake horrible smells and smoke and fog and all that, trying to create like a big kind of stage show. They're all shite. 
compared to bad luck tourteen, right? Extravaganza, right? <laughs> bad luck were a shy compared to them. All of them. We're talking stage show, right? right. And their general like their their legend status, right, amongst the people that have seen them. Bad luck have never ever played the same venue twice. It's never mm-hmm. happened. Right, is that, is that because they were because, never invited back? Exactly, right. They're oh, banned, really? banned from every single <laughs> venue they oh, ever played great. in. Right, that's brilliant. <laughs> it got to the point where they wouldn't book anybody, so they had to start releasing like DVDs of them playing. Right, <laughs> this is how how fucking mental it was. So bad luck, fourteen. <laughs> bad luck, fourteen. Roy Extravaganza has, depending on the day. Up to thirteen members in the band. Yeah, it sounds like a right? good band that would have that. Just, yes. Yeah. So they all wear okay. This is a cross between a kind of a metally hardcore type of band and uh pro wrestling meets jackass or something. I don't know how to describe it. So yeah. basically they get on stage and they start playing songs. And when they kind of start getting bored of playing songs, in the middle of playing songs, one of the lads will walk over to like the bassist and just light him up with a dig. Light him up with a fucking dig, right? And then him and the bassist start fighting. And then like another guy will grab the bass and start playing or something. And then him and the other fella, who was the singer, start knocking the bollocks out of each other. So another fella starts singing. So what they do is they have like, they bring in boxes of like tables and chairs and start setting them on fire and like having wrestling matches while knocking the shit out of each other. Like throwing each other through flaming tables while playing the gigs, right? So then they start bringing in, um, they start getting getting madder and madder. I think it was the last gig, it was like 2004, 2005 at um, Hellfest, I think. And uh, apparently it's talked about still to this day. The people who witnessed Bad Luck 13 Roy Extravaganza at Hellfest in 2004. (laughs) Still talk about to this day. Is they it had, on a? Is it on? Is it on video? I think there's bits of it on on fucking right. YouTube, but not a lot of it because I got right. so much terrible press. It's terrible press. Like there was ambulances called the whole bang. I read one report earlier with this kind of scene kid, this girl who was like, "Oh, you know, we went to see Alexis on fire," and then someone said, "Oh, we should really go and check out uh, the Bad Luck Tour and Roy Extravaganza because apparently the stage show is insane." And we went around the corner, and as we walked around the corner, some girl came running around the corner. Where, you know, her eyebrow was hanging off, and she was covered in blood. I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" So I read more about it, and it's like the lads brought like um, uh, uh, the like bodies of dead pigs and started throwing them out into the stage. And then oh, they st- man. start throwing them out into the crowd. And then, <coughs> then they start taking out um, like hacksaws and fucking circular saw blades and throwing them at each other and cutting each other open. So they were all bleeding. 13 of them are bleeding everywhere. With dead they're, animals? That's not With good dead animals movie. everywhere. That's they're all covered in blood. All while the band is still playing, right? Because there's 13 of them. They can kind of grab this, you know, how to play it. So... They're doing this and then they start pulling out those big, long, fluorescent light bulbs and start smashing them over each other and cutting each other's faces open with them and shit. So they start doing all this. Now, all the time, apparently, there's fucking murder going on and the people who are up the front, this is like a Gigi Allen show, they're just trying to get the fuck away because they're all getting hit. Um, Some are being set on fire. Some are being set on fire. Some are being hit with like uh, glass bottles and fucking shoes and shit. So there's people like, being injured in the audience, which starts this kind of fucking tidal wave of panic. Then the people at the back are like, that looks amazing. They're trying to get pushed forward to see what the fuck is going on up front. So oh, apparently, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just creates this like fucking Braveheart type situation where there's this melee in the middle. So apparently, how, they, 
How they finished off that gig? This is fucking amazing. How they finished off that gig? Just as they've started the very last song, one of them ran backstage and came out with a giant big glass jar full of bees and smashed it on the stage. <laughs> you see, I can enjoy this. I think Gigi Allen's thing is just dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, uh, I don't even know what to appreciate about it, but yeah, I'm sure it did something good. But this is this is pure chaos. This is absolute fucking chaos. These guys. So, like I said, a giant <laughs> jar, like a, one of them big industrial mayonnaise jars, <laughs> full of bees, shook the shit out of it and smashed it on the stage, sending thousands of bees all over the fucking place that they were playing. Right, so it just starts a fucking panic because it's fucking everybody shit in the bed, allergic to bees, are running away. Everyone's covered in blood. Apparently, the stage couldn't be used afterwards or anything because it was on fire and covered in blood. So that was their last gig, both by choice and the fact that we're never ever going to get booked again to play like <laughs> Hellfest. But like, just no, yeah. y- you'll find footage online of them playing gigs and fucking killing each other. So like that, it's batshit mad, yeah. It's fucking insane. But yeah, you'll find you'll find loads of stuff. But like everybody else a stage show, like it's it's contrived compared to these guys. These guys like thought that every gig was going to be the last because they were going to you know, kill themselves or kill somebody and go to jail. <laughs> go out on the best gig. <laughs> exactly. That was the whole idea. Like fucking tortilla these guys, fucking white guys, Latino guys, black guys. Everybody's in the band, and they're fucking yeah. killing each other. I think they had one guy whose specialty was just power bombs. Like he would oh, go he around, exactly. <laughs> like he would just walk out on the stage and like pull people out of the, out of the fucking mosh pit and all, and fucking uh, like power bomb them either on the stage or back into the fucking crowd or whatever the fuck. Like that was his job in the band. He was considered to be in the band, you know. Um, <laughs> what do yeah. you play? Power bombs. Power bombs. Okay. Yeah. Pile Fair drivers. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that was a bad luck tour in Roy Extravaganza. The band or whatever. Like it's just whatever yeah. band, you know. I don't think you have to be good. If people are talking oh, about that, you like that, that you know? really doesn't matter. Does you need a few riffs? My help. Exactly, the few riffs. Like that song is a minute and a half long, I think, and it's one riff repeated over and over again. Yeah. So I think the whole idea that might be their intro song that just gets everybody fucking going batshit mad. The set is twenty minutes long because there's only so much violence you can put in your life, and uh, yeah. that they're done. I mean, I, I think they have albums <laughs> yeah. and all, but who cares? You know, yeah. um, the DVDs are where it's at, and the the bits on YouTube. Is what if you, I think I have a oh, DVD here somewhere. Coming. I think I have one of their, their famous one. That has like some lad, lad fucking half his arm being fucking sliced open or something fucking mad. Like but they that. don't go for shit and vomit, do they? No, there's no shit and vomit. Um, oh, I like that. I like f- no. blood, whatever. And yeah, blood and fucking. Uh, th- there might have been a bit of vomit and just some. Oh uh, yeah, just because of what was because of pain. Accidental. And horrible, fuck yeah, and bees yeah, stinging yeah. you, or whatever the fuck, enough, yeah. hitting you with a fucking pig carcass, you know <laughs> that type of thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that was uh, bad luck, tortilla right extravaganza. I mean, listen to them if you want, but like just go to YouTube yeah. and look them up. It's much better. Uh, who's your next one? Next one's quite an obvious one, but uh, another band that always spring to mind that they can't find another version of this band is uh, Primus. I think they have one of the most unique sounds in music at all. And I don't listen to Primus like all the time. No, I, I did. I did. I, yeah, you did. You over. You overdosed on them. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. I, I did for a while as well, but um, I still listen to Primus the odd time because I genuinely think not all their stuff's great. They have, there's so much stuff. One of those yeah. bands they throw out an album, Jesus. Yeah. This is a great band. one. This is a great song. Jerry Was a Race Car Driver is a phenomenal song. Yeah. And um, I always was under the assumption when I was growing up, from the time I saw them doing My Name Is Mud on Beavis Boyle, that this band were a southern band. Yeah, they sound like, and he puts the accent on all on, doesn't he? Yeah, well, they're from California. Mm. I don't know, I was like, right, okay, where's mm. Les Claypool from? He might be from... Uh, down south 
part, just somewhere in middle America, because mm. he's such a. It's, this sounds like a drug nightmare country music. Yeah, it's like mush meets drugs meets. It is. That, yeah. That's what they were, they were described as. The yeah. Generation X rush. Mm, makes sense. They have the technical ability, Big led by bass, bassist and singer, mm. mad rhythms. But these guys have like a crazy sense of humor. They've yeah. got to be influenced by Zappa as well. Oh yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. They, jeez, yeah. Whenever I hear, whenever I can listen to them all the time and go, I can't figure out another band that sounds like this. Like with the rhythms that he plays on the bass while he's singing in this thing, if anybody tried to do Primus, they'd be going, lads, that sounds too much like Primus. Yeah, yeah. They didn't corner yeah, the never market. Get away with it. One, they're one band that have cornered the market with one sound and they can't do no one can do this sound again yeah they can they can never get away from it either though that's the fucking thing no they, that's the thing they're locked into that now they could never do anything else even um, anti-pop had like some electronic bits on it and that was mm. cool and I liked it but ultimately he has to sing like that and the bass riffs have to be there and the have to be have that to be. that fucking because yeah. uh, he has that uh, Claypool Lennon thing doesn't he with uh, John Lennon's son Les Claypool and is it Sean Lennon he has that band. He's got a million side projects. Yeah, he's got he's called, I think it's called uh, Animals Should Not Do What Humans Do or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's like, the Lennon Claypool Dilemma or Conundrum or something. Oh, right. name he has, honestly, he's, I think he's like a workaholic. He's got, he's, the last time I checked, I could name you. When I, when I was mad into him, he had, one of his big ones, I can never fucking remember the name. He's got about four or five side projects that are yeah. considerably, you know, released and stuff. But um, the I don't think any of them are good, I don't think any of them are good though. I don't think any of the side no, are good. No, I think no. I, I think well, I, I've never. I think I done yeah. the rounds one day in them, and I couldn't. I couldn't pick. figure out is he had a really really big one in the late nineties, mm. and uh, I can never remember the name of them. Oh, I think I know the one you're talking about, um, motherfucker. Because I remember the Claypool Frog Brigade. Yeah, that's one of them. But he has another one that I can never remember as well. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's going to wreck my head. Um, there's people shouting on the thing now. This Arthur is, is, is fucking blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what the fuck? That's, I'm, I'm looking up now as well. The Flying um, Frog Brigade. Nine Delusion. Uh, a band called Sausage in 1994. Uh, Les Claypool and the Holy Mackerel. Buckethead. Um, yeah. Colonel Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade, yeah? Oysterhead. Yeah, that's, that's I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's one of them that's, yeah, you're right, a 90s one. I thought there was another one that, that is like, was uh, enough for me to actually go listen to it and go, oh, well, that's his other thing. It's not, it's great. It's, it's fine, yeah. Because um, Blind uh, Illusion are like a trash metal band that he was in as well. Right. I think he tried it for uh, Metallica. He did. I think everyone tried it for Metallica. I think everyone did. That's crazy. You want that dollar. Even for a year, you'd be minted. Well, it gave him a million before. quid for just being there. You know what I mean? Oh, do you remember that? Yeah, they gave uh, Rob yeah, Gigilio, uh, yeah. Here's a million quid. What? What? Signing on bonus. Yeah. And that's plenty more where that came from, kiddo. Jesus yeah. Christ. Like. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, look, they've been huge with the new metal community. They're mad for people that are into Zappa and mm-hmm. uh, Beefheart and even psychedelic stuff. I'd say you'd even get people that would be into like... There's, there's definitely the jazz people that are mad for fucking the jazz people like mad they go, for hand, they go hand in hand with Tool fans for some reason they would do yeah they're rock. experimental enough yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, back when you see Tool used to be kind of piss takey lyrically they used to yes. have a lot of yeah. fun and, and silly lyrics wrapped up in a serious kind of demeanour mm. but um, yeah look if you don't know Primus 
you do you probably do L- listen to the song you'll realize how you could never get that sound again by any band yeah it's too not only have to create like a mix of funk metal with a southern kind of <laughs> uh tone yeah. no one plays the bass like him no it's, it's a real it's slap bass and it's got these mad rhythms that uh there's so many things happening in this band that you couldn't recreate really one of them without uh, yeah, well the, you know maybe you could i don't know I don't know. It, whatever, it all comes together to make Primus. Yes. One of the most unique bands in the world. Like 100%. I said, it sounds like he's singing like Jerry Reed over yeah. <laughs> Dream Theater doing funk. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So look, Primus, it's got to be on the list. I have to 100%. They're my 100%. number five. Who's, uh, who's your next one? My last one. Uh, my last one. My last one is a band called Hatebeak. And uh, Hatebeak are an American death metal band from Baltimore. And it's, I listened to this and I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's two guys. Um, <laughs> okay, it's two guys and a singer, right? So one of the guys plays guitar and bass, and the other guy plays drums. And then you have the singer, and the singer's name is Waldo, and Waldo is a grey parrot. The, the singer's a parrot. The singer is a parrot. Uh, How does he not flip out and freak out? And... They don't play gigs. Oh. They've been around for fucking years, right? Hey, Peak. They're like a real band. Like, that's what's funny about it. Is it a take on Hatebreed? Yes. <laughs> um, they've been around for years. This song is called Birdsum. Um, that's funny. So they're, they're, always, they're always punning, are they? Always punning. And the album is called The Number of the Beak. Right. That's and, uh, fair enough. Uh, so the music is pretty serious, but the imagery is obviously tongue in cheek. Yeah, the song you picked sounded like Boris and it sounded like a horribly recorded yes. black metal. Yes, exactly. So this is obviously they they do have a little recording studio. They do it all in. Uh, they promised <laughs> they promised that they're never going to tour because they don't want to torture the parrot. They don't want to torture yeah, Waldo. Waldo. Um, they've also done a split. There's another band. There's another band called uh, Canonus. The Canonists are a metal band that have two pitbulls as singers. And they <laughs> do tour. They do tour. Do those they dogs have, probably love that shit, though, do they? It, well, they fucking, they want to see these, these things. They're like American pitbulls, and they ha- obviously have, like, handlers on stage. So they have, like, I think they have earplugs for the dogs, obviously, because you couldn't be allowed to do what yeah. it was. So they have these, like, custom-fitted earplugs that they stick into the dog's ears, and they bring them out on stage. And the, the dogs just start going fucking batshit mad at the crowd. And they have two microphones in front of them. So the band are like... And the dogs are... Going fucking mental. So Hatebeak and Kanan has put out a fucking split. They put out, put out a split. Now, this way... I'm not also, sure how I feel about that, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't like it either. It's, but it's, it's yeah, nonsense. It's, um, especially if you're going to do live gigs, that can fuck off. Whatever about being a fun project at home. Yeah. Have a bit of crack with you can now, they, they, you record them in the, in the gaff, yeah, exactly. Now, I, I, I think Ken has maybe have only done one or two gigs, it's not like they tour a lot, like, um, mm. they think they might have done one or two hometown gigs. And uh, as far as I know, the dogs are well looked after from what I read online, oh, like, and they're good, Nick. The dog, they're beautiful dogs. Um, this is a type of thing, this is weird. This might sound like a super mad gimmick, and it definitely is, but there's a thing called bio music, right? Mm. And bio music is this kind of subsect of uh, music technology which is the kind of collaboration of non-human sounds to the human ear. Yeah. So it, it's uh, even though it started off as like these lads 
having a bit of crack, listen, we're going to start a fucking death metal band and let's get our pet parrot, Waldo, to be the vocalists. Um, just for shits and giggles. Like. You reckon um, they were fucking stoned when they come up? More than likely. And it's obviously they just fucking, whatever, like they didn't play music to that parrot. You know what I mean? They just stood there and let the parrot fucking squawk and talk and recorded yeah. it and chopped it up and added it into the song, you know, obviously. It's not like the parrot knows what a fucking pre-chorus or bridge is. And, um, which would be amazing. They're pretty smart. Even that cunt who bit me is pretty smart, I have to say. Jim, the bastard. Um, yeah, pretty smart. Were you oh. trying to get him onto the microphone? Is that why he fucking flipped? No, I was going to put him back in his fucking cage, the prick. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's a thing called bio music, which is, like I said, it's it's just uh, there's loads of musical groups that are doing it now. When you hear... Right. Uh, remember you used to there used to be things on telly for like fucking whale noises and shit like that and they'd oh, mix yeah, yeah. they'd mix like Enya style kind of new age music with like fucking whale noises and stuff that's considered yeah. bio music where you take non-human vocalizations and noises and try to uh, find somewhere that they sit with human created music Right, right. Okay. and that's where Canaanist and fucking Haybeak come in and that's a very serious angle to take on a band that has a parrot for a singer and another band <laughs> that have two pitbulls for a singer but it is a thing and it has yeah. been studied fucking massively but yeah uh, Haybeak what, what, what's weird about it like you you didn't know that that was a parrot singing it just sounds like a lot of batshit mad death metal um, but if yeah, you like, listen, I listen to a few seconds going. Yeah, or you know what I did was I said I'm not going to listen anymore. I'm going to let you tell me. What yeah, exactly. But I guarantee you now, when you listen back to it, knowing it's a parrot, you'll never ever fucking forget it. Like if someone played you another hate beak song, you'll be like, "That's hate beak, isn't it?" Because it's your brain <laughs> yeah. knows that those noises aren't human now. Right, I get you. Yeah, yeah. You well, that's I mean? definitely like that's definitely. <laughs> Pretty unique. Exactly. I've never heard of a metal band. Exactly. A a... There's also, uh, there's a, there's a, because they're based off uh, Hatebreed, they're obviously called Hatebeak, there was one called Hatebred as well years ago, and it was, I think it was like another makey uppy band, and it was like the lead singer was like a slice of toast, and they used to record, <laughs> they do like YouTube videos, and they change all the lyrics to Hatebreed songs to like being about like yeast and fucking, you know, rising <laughs> in the oven and shit like that, Hatebred they were called, yeah. Oh, uh, but that was my last one, that was Hatebeak with Birdsum. Uh, an American yeah. death metal band with a parrot for a singer. Uh, who was your last one? Well, my last one is uh, a super, super, super obvious one. One of the yeah. most obvious ones there is, but uh, it's not that obvious that I would normally pick this uh, This You crowd. would never, ever um, pick this. Not really. I, I don't listen to them. I, I have so much respect for them. I think this, I picked this because it's a classic example of um, a super unique band, but it'll also give me the opportunity to put out some of the fires I've started by telling people mm-hmm. and I don't even slag this band you can't mm-hmm. slag this band all I ever say is you do I never like, you never slag them you yeah, do I never stop. Jesus Christ I do, ne- oh, I you do, do never, never be slagging them I do never you be never slagging them um, but uh, I have to I have to use this as an opportunity to give them props because if it comes up to a one of a kind band that are completely unique Queen are probably the top of mm-hmm. the list um, there's no one that sounds like Queen there's a lot of bands that you have the glam the pop the yeah. big ballads uh but because they a have the best singer that ever existed, yeah, they also have every single member of that band is on fire, bananas, yeah, like just unreal at what they do, like yeah. absolutely, and they're so unique that it's very rare. The Fate No More might be another one of those bands, maybe mm-hmm. where you know that without that member, well, Fate No More did take out a member, and I think that they lost a lot of steam, um, but you can hear 
Brian May's guitar and you just know that sound. It's such a yeah. unique sound that he has on guitar. Freddie Mercury, obviously, completely... Uh, you can't mistake him. He's yes. Got, his range is incredible. But I picked, I picked Queen because... I keep trying to think. There's loads of bands I can think that are a bit like them. Like you can mix bits of fuck, what do you call them? Sweet that do blockbusters. You could mix. Yeah, you could do sweet uh, with like cream, Rex. Yeah, cream. Yeah, just even have. Geez, you even have the Bee Gees, man. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But none of them are like none of them, that. Yeah. I know what has happened. And Queen are super, super experimental with mm. even songwriting. Very proggy. Yeah. Like this is, but, but tongue in cheek and absolutely taking the piss. I think. Without Queen, I definitely don't think you'd have fight anymore. I don't think so, yeah. Queen always had that thing where the musically was incredibly serious and incredibly complicated. And what what Freddie was able to do was like find a hook. Like possibly I think you even mentioned it before, find like the cheapest possible hook. Like Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the, he's, the admitted, he's admitted it before when he's written I want this song to be like a, a football anthem and he yes. didn't watch football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but what he done then to hide the fact he was being super obvious, he'd sprinkle a lot of camp on it. And oh yeah. Like or that, even dress up as a woman like exactly, yeah. And then that fucking mixture, whatever was in that batter, just made the best cake like. It really did. Like it's... again, you're not the biggest fan of Queen. I fucking love Queen. I, I can see if people like them, which, yeah. which is a lot more than I'll say for other bands that I don't like. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I picked uh, Killer Queen because it's one of those songs that it's it's a glam rock song, but yes. it's by numbers. If, if I like, if I put that on paper, it's better than a lot of glam songs. It's just for me, it's not. Yeah. Like, actually, I love, do really like this song. To be honest mm. with you, you know what the guy's thing is? I could make up a list of ten songs Bet by Queen. Could, yeah. What I absolutely really like mm. more than just accept, but then. There's other ones that I'm like. Oh, there's, uh, there's a lot of them that we are the champions, and I can't listen to. And don't stop me now. I can't listen to them anymore. I can't listen to Don't Stop Me Now, even though everything about that song is clever. Yeah, I, I, I can go on about Queen all the time, but I had to pick them as one of the most unique bands that ever happened in the mm, world. Very much so. Um, just from the way Brian May even he plays with like a, a penny. Yeah, him, a penny. Him and his, him and his dad made that guitar. As far as I know, still playing it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That he's. Um, I don't know if you. He has this particular way know. of playing with the with the penny as well to get like a rough edge on one side of it or something weird like that. He has a foils down as far yeah, as I know. Yeah, man, it's and, uh, fucking batshit, man. We have a we have a very popular Irish tribute band to Queen as well called we Queen with a W. And uh, I must ask Tom, does he play with the whole penny and all that? Maybe. But um, I know he has yeah. one of those uh, golden Brian May guitars, and I know he got the um, I think Brian May released some fucking like amplitude plug-in or something like that it's like a virtual amp like i know oh, right, yeah. thomas yeah. who plays for queen with a w he's got all the, the real gear but i think for messing around the home he has the the virtual instrument as well and i, I remember he posted something up there a week or two about a week or two ago talking about it saying it just sounds like it's fucking amazing he put a little sample on oh, there and it sounds exactly like exactly what you think it's going to sound like like it's fucking yeah. so good again, again i like queen and they're absolutely jesus christ like John about, like, Deacon, Roger Taylor, you'd like they uh, they all had equal parts writing as well, which is a huge yeah, big deal thing in a band. Big and, deal. Uh, like there's a lot of ways that I can, you see. I can never fault. <laughs> all I can ever say is I don't particularly like their songs. Yeah. I, their songs don't grab me. Mm. I can look at them like you know the way someone walks into an art gallery and they're like that. There is worth seventy five million. What do you yeah. think of it? I'm like it's pleasant to look at. Yeah. It's fine. I wouldn't spend that much money on it. Is if I it that money? Yeah, is it worth that? Probably not, but not to me. Know. Yeah. So look, 
Queen is an obvious one. I don't need to say any more about it. People go, yeah, yes. I, I get why you picked that. <coughs> if you don't, then fucking fight me. Yeah, big fight. Go to a uh, bad luck tortain really extravaganza round <laughs> with, with Alma. Yeah, uh, that's it that for was, uh, this week. We are back. Uh, back. Fucking what day is this going to go? About? This is going to go about Monday. So this Monday. Saturday coming will be the first ever Lost Art TV um, thing that we're yeah. ever going to try. Jesus Christ! The eighth of August, we're going to um, we're going to a not so secret location in the city, and we're going to try and create a television show version of our Saturday night Lost Art Live radio show thing that we do, and we're going to be playing records, and it's a live video, live audio stream, and a multiple camera set up and all, and we have a green screen and everything's going to be savage. I can't wait. And it's going to be a yeah. fucking disaster, and I bet you everyone goes wrong. But still, Gar- so Gar was sending Gar was sending me like the obviously I can't go in straight straight away. He was sending yeah. me the stuff, and I'm like really fucking impressed at yeah. how this is going to look. It's going to look a lot. Jesus, we're doing better than some bands that are like, please watch our live stream. Yeah, uh, like like yeah, man, like that's cool. But this is uh, yeah, this is going to be cool. This <laughs> is yeah, this is going to look like some sort of fucking shitty kind of. Channel Four music program that you used to watch at four o'clock in the morning of a Sunday, and you, you've you've already decided while you're listening to this that you are going to watch it. You've yeah, of course you are. I can hear, I can hear you've decided. You I'm going to do. You've it sold it. Uh, I put the the event was created today with a link. Um, normally we go through Mixler for our audio things, but because we're video, we have to go through Mixcloud now. So you don't need to create an, an account on Mixcloud to watch this. Um, you yeah. should though, just so you can talk to us, because there is a chat room when you can interact and all this kind of nonsense. Uh, you should do it so uh, as always you can support us on uh, patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast um, all of our links are on lostartpodcast.com you've got the links mm. to the Facebook you've got the links to the Patreon to the Twitters to the fucking wherever um, all of our shows are up online all of our playlists are up online and if you go to where Patreon and give us $5 a month then we've got lots of exclusive content uh, including videos of me looking at CDs with me dogs that's the most recent one um, <laughs> Uh, oh, did you put up that uh, video that I sent you? No, not yet. That's going to go up this week. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. that's going to go up this week. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, because me and Helmut are still... Actually, next week when we record, when we go to do this live thing, will be the first time me and Helmut have seen each other in like four months. Jesus, yeah, it's March. Always my God. Since March, since March. Yeah, that's fucking insane. We have to wait until August. So, yeah, yeah, it's not even August now when we're recording this. We're not far off, though. Uh, that's us for this week. We're back again Monday with a fresh one. Uh, fresh podcast and we're back Saturday night um, with this delicious TV show so we'll uh, see you then see you then good luck